Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and you're listening to another program of Tantra Cafe, one program of spiritual enlightenment. And I love doing this. This is my wonderful, wonderful, most favorite thing, having this radio show. So welcome back. I'm thrilled to be here. And want to just remind you really quickly that you can follow me on Twitter or Facebook, Laurie Handlers. And you can also write to me at tantracaferadio at gmail.com. That's my new email address, tantracaferadio at gmail.com. So please send me fan letters. Love that. Keep them coming. They've been great lately. And also let me know if you have questions for my guests, any of my guests that have, that you've listened to, and, and in addition, any guests you'd like to recommend. Well, today we're going to be talking about, we have been on a kind of sub-theme. I've had two sub-themes lately. One has been about men and romance, which has been total fun, hearing how men actually have their ideas and feelings about romancing women in particular. I haven't had any bisexual or gay men on in that topic, but maybe I'll do that and see how they feel about romance. And then my subtopic has kind of been healing the world with Tantra. And today we're going to be talking about that in some specific ways, how to heal our bodies and also looking at is it possible to even heal something like racism through Tantra. One of the quotes of my guest that I'll introduce in a moment coming up is this, and I think it's very provocative and worth reading to you. She says on her website, if you want to have power over someone, teach them to be afraid of their own power. Sexual energy is the most powerful energy. It creates the life that is in our body right now. If a woman is ashamed to express her sexual desires or to bring herself to orgasm, she is resisting her own life force. She may wait for a man to show her pleasure, to recognize her own wildness, to feel sexy, to honor her body as life-giving, but she then must rely on someone outside herself to live in her own power. This is just part of the quote. It goes on and on, but I'm so struck with it. I so agree with it. It's such a powerful statement that without further ado, I'm going to bring my guest on and we're going to hear from the woman who wrote that. My guest today is Zahava Griss. And Zahava is, has been dancing and performing for 25 years. She's studied professional ballet, modern dance, contact improv, West African, Middle Eastern, and Sufi dance. She has made this into a path of moving the body, mind, and soul consciously in space, sex, relationships. And she says tribe. We'll find out what she means. While training as a sexual shaman with Kenneth Ray Stubbs, who has been a guest on this show, by the way, uh, she learned dance. Uh, she learned that dance had become her doorway to connection with source and orgasmic states of consciousness. So, Zahafa, it is my pleasure to have you on Tantra Cafe today. Thank you so much. I'm really thrilled. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I can see you in my mind's eyes, smiling and grinning. You know, and that's yeah. how that's how I see you, a person, a sensuous huh. being. Thank you. Yeah. So I love that quote on your website, which we'll just tell people your website right away because I, I've already quoted from it. So if you want to find out more about Zahava Gris, you want to go to www.lovemakingdances.com where she shares this quote which is which is so powerful. So you 
you realized that sexuality, that the suppression of sexuality is what really keeps women and possibly everybody stuck in this world. Is that, is that an, am I assuming that or is that really what you mean here? Um, that's a piece of it. Uh, I love that you brought that up as an intro. I've actually gotten a few emails from women and from men about that quote, including a man who recently was like, wow, this really mirrors where I feel I'm coming into my essential nature. Um, I want to touch a little bit on what you said um, about race and healing on a larger scale, because to me, I first started looking at the power system outside myself, um, grew up as an activist and um, right outside the D.C. area. My dad was, you know, close to the White House and congressman. And I kept looking at, to me, the word power was always about who has what and why. And then when I started um, filling in, you know, I've been dancing since I was two, so I had all this physical information. But when I started filling in the energetic, the somatic, the inner experience, I realized this huge power system inside me. And a big part of my work and my perspective is about the relationship between the power system in our body and the power system between people. That's excellent. That's excellent. And when you mean power here, you mean straight power. It's not power over or power under. It's really like straight power. Like what's the relationship here? Who's who's submitting to what and why kind of thing, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, this sense of power over and power under is, is kind of um, – misleading because there's there's this triangle paradigm that I've been looking at a lot in my life lately where there's the abuser, the victim, and the rescuer. I know that wait a minute, I know that triangle. That's the um that's the Cartman triangle from transactional analysis. I'm okay, you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it keeps showing up in my life from different people. Um so the thing about that is none of those three roles is really in their power because the abuser is, well, in order for me to have the life I want, I have to take something away from someone else. And the victim is like, in order for me to have what I want, I have to make someone else stop doing things to me. And the rescuer is like, well, the world is a really scary place. I better start fixing stuff for everyone else so I feel safe living here. And none of those are really about taking responsibility and living fully in your own power, which requires healthy relationships with people that don't fall into those three categories. Exactly. That's so smart. I'm so glad you brought that up. This is a first on Tantra Cafe. Nobody's ever, <laughs> nobody's ever brought up the Cartman drama triangle. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really present here. And as a, I've spent about nine years um, working around race and how do you talk to white people about what whiteness is. And um, there's a lot of important work that and conversations and awareness that can be reclaimed around that theme. Um, But basically it relates back to what's an area where we're not fully present and in integrity and it affects not only us, but the system outside of us. And 
um, how do we start to build awareness around that? And anytime you start to build awareness in an area where there wasn't previously awareness, you're talking about moving energy and you're talking about processing emotions or releasing emotions. And that is Tantra. That is so cool. I love your interpretation of this. It's so, um, it's so artistic in a certain way, but when you look at it, it really, I mean, even you can use this analogy for Columbus. You know, Columbus thought there was something on this side of the ocean and nobody else did. And so he was going to bring something new into being, or he set out to having no idea really what he would find, but having the trust that, you know, it was physical. And he showed up on another side of the ocean and and moved energy, like he moved European energy to native energy. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing to bring up because there was not a lot of awareness in the way he brought European energy here, uh, the repercussions of which are still present. Exactly. Exactly. It is an energy exchange. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, I I know it's not, I knew it wasn't a great example. Right. Like, Lori, where are we going with this? (laughs) Well, I'm really aware of, you know, I'm aware that Columbus is not a wonderful example for people who are definitely into, into uh, standing up against racism but nonetheless i i always feel like that's an amazing feat that he just took off people thought he was nuts and he came here and that the native people here didn't even weren't even able to perceive a boat like that coming in they didn't even have that they didn't even have that there was no vision of that so they thought god was coming yeah i've heard i've heard what you're uh, speaking of like our ability to um you know, that leap of faith that happens when not only is something possible that we've never seen before, but we actually take actions to interact with that thing before we know it exists. And in that way, I can respect what you're saying um, in, in, in the same way that, you know, the, the Native people who are here couldn't necessarily see... <laughs> For better or for worse, the entrance of this man, um, right, and, right, yeah, and the vehicle that he was on, and I think that that's actually uh, quite a microcosm for a lot of a lot of awareness and how you know. Um, let's say I have this conversation um, brewing. <laughs> In, in the ocean that's approaching your mind and your awareness. And you may or may not be able to even perceive where this um, interview could go in this moment. <laughs> because some of the concepts that I live in or could speak about might not even be something you would think to ask. So um, there is an interplay that happens every time that we come in contact with someone um, verbally, physically, sexually, intuitively, where there's this huge invitation to experience something we don't know is possible to experience with this person. This is, uh, you know, you know you, this, this statement that you've just made really reflects the way I look at Tantra or actually the goal of Tantra, which is to 
have people experience and welcome and invite the unknown into their lives. Yes. And what you're saying is it's there all the time. It's always there when there's more than one person interacting. And yet people think they can predict. They think they know. And it's the very thing they know that keeps life stale for them. And it's the very invite the unknown and have the unknown with a, in relating to another that invites the fresh and keeps things alive and unstagnant, like just alive and fresh and wonderful to participate in life. Yeah. So yeah. thanks. Thanks for pointing. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is fun. <laughs> well, you and I have fun whenever we get together. So we are, we are, the problem is we don't get together enough, but uh, but we when we get together, there's always this awe. There's this uh, wonderful feeling, and I I experience you as having that, like an aura of that, as you move through as you move through space. So wow. let's go back to Washington D.C. for a minute because I don't want I don't want to leave that. Um, I don't want to totally leave that yet. You grew up in the D.C. area. Your father was involved in government things. You were just outside of D.C. I spent, I don't know if you know this, but I spent 25 years in D.C. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot going on there. There's always a lot going on there. When you, what was the stark, when you really got it about power? What was, can you, do you have any kind of a stark, Aha, that you remember? Um, there wasn't really one moment I really got it. I would say there was a good five or six years where I had this fantasy that I was going to create a curriculum around what does the chakra system look like of the oppressor and what does the chakra system look like of the victim and what the how the chakras were an entry point to healing those two roles. And that was before I understood the third dimension of the rescuer. And all of that then got replaced by this whole new concept of what I call the next triangle. The next triangle is the creator, the lover, and the joy maker. And that is all three of those roles have power. And so it's not, um, not to be confused with a lot of like new age or um, thinking can sometimes be like oversimplified, like, okay, let's all love each other and be colorblind and not take accountability. For example, if we're talking in the race realm, um, it's not to be confused by that. The awareness that the, that the victim abuser and r- rescuer have is important. We're not leaving the awareness, but we're transforming the energy of it. And, uh, one of my, I have many inspirations um, that have shaped um, my expanding relationship to power. Um, one of them is Starhawk, because um, I'm really big on on group process. You had originally asked, you know, what do I mean by tribe? I'm, I'm really um, I'm very connected to the collective, and so power is an inevitable. Um, thing to look at and to know and to engage with any time that you're doing group work. <laughs> um, so that's a little well, bit. What of is, but what is Starhawk? I mean, I get that. That's uh, I, anytime you're doing group work, anything other than you. 
Right. You know, the minute another arrives in or others arrive in, there's always some power dynamic. We'd be mistaken to think that we're not, and it would be crazy for people. I mean, listen, I was a hippie when I was in Washington, and, you know, loving everyone didn't change war. Yeah. Loving everyone yeah. didn't change racism. I mean, it didn't change sexism either. People right. are very loved in their, in their, um, in their marriages, so they say and think, and yet still people are oppressed by marriage. So, mm. you know, what what is what do you mean by Starhawk? What's Starhawk? Yeah, um, Starhawk is an amazing writer, um, political activist. Um, she does a lot of deep work with the earth, and um, oh, I read yeah. a book of hers. I read her book recently. I read one of her novels. Yeah, she's written a lot of a lot of work and she also has this phenomenal history of the goddess and the evolution of feminine consciousness. Um and she's been around for a while. What I love about her is how inclusive her work is from literally doing earth trainings in the in the dirt to um you know in in the ground to um energy practices to political activism because they're not separated. Um, the Tantra community has so much to offer the activist community that can tend to be depleted. Um, the, the activist community has this incredible dedication to wanting to know how life is for other people that can be really useful to a lot of healers who are constantly focusing on the individual level and on themselves. So there's a lot of cross communication that is just brilliant. Um, when we start opening up and, and developing the listening capacity in different levels of our own consciousness. Um, well, I really, this is great stuff. I, I just want to, we're going to move to break in a second. Sure. But I, wa- I wanted to say to you that um, it's funny, when I first started teaching Tantra, which is in the late 90s, I, uh, I was sitting there one day, you know, in front of a whole group of people, maybe 20, 24 people, and I said, mm-hmm. well, this is about intimacy, relating, sexuality. I said, but it would be ridiculous for me to sit here and tell you that this wasn't political. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I said, because sexually free people cannot be controlled. Never can be, never will be. The way we're controlled is to make us feel shame and guilt and blame about our sexuality, about the very thing that, which is the life force creation. So I, I just, that's, that's why your quote in the beginning resonated mm-hmm. with me so much. And I want to continue on in this, in the pursuit of this conversation when we come back from break. Great. So, so thank you. If you just mm-hmm. tuned in, you're listening to Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. And we're discussing how Tantra movement dance enhances our, our awareness, enhances our energy, like makes us aware of these things how our sexuality could possibly be the thing that heals the planet, that heals the differences between people and and bridges the gap. My guest is Sahava Gris, and we will be right back. Please stay tuned. 
Have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600. Ladybug guarantees you another eco-friendly, pest-free day naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, Laurie Handlers. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself, and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the tenth law, make love in the unknown, and then I work you all the way through laws one through nine to teach you how to be in the unknown, fresh, every moment of every day of your life. Sex and happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only $19.99 in paperback and $14.99 ebook. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me, Laurie Handlers, the host of Tantra Cafe. Hi again, this is Laurie Handlers. We are back from break. You're listening to Tantra Cafe. Sahava Grist is my guest today, and we, before we were talking about politics, power, the dynamics of power, and how that's, in, we talked about the Cartman drama triangle, and and we're going to go into movement here. We're going to talk to her about movement and how things can shift in awareness in the, in, when movement is mixed with energy. So, Zahava, tell us a little bit about um you know how what kind of work that you do with people uh in on the one on one and also later in the show we'll talk about how you do it in your dance companies what the messages are how the tantra weaves into all the other movement that you're doing and the and the freeing people sexually there's just so much there's so much to ask you about so <laughs> yeah i'd love to uh to jump into that i also had something really present come up um when I heard the last sentence that you said. Okay. Um, because there's an incredible book called Lifting the Veil, and it's about the sexuality in um, in Islam. And it, I, a big part of my life has been in the Sufi community, which totally changed how I relate to dance and movement, which I'd love to get into. But basically, when I dance in the Sufi community, I have to be very clothed, um, and there's, you know, even covering the collarbones and there's this containment in a certain way. And, um, those of you who know my work, I often dance nude when it's my choice. Um, but what's really important about the juxtaposition is that in cultures where women are covered, there is a incredible potency to the sensuality of the woman such that we ask her to be covered. And here in the Western culture where we have what we call and perceive as freedom to bear 
various extents of our, our skin, you know, sometimes to be topless, sometimes to be totally nude. We, the, the cloaking of the feminine energy happens in the consciousness. Whereas in, in Islam, it happens on the clothing level. And this juxtaposition is something that really intrigued me when I was reading this book. Um, because just as you were saying, you know, if you're really sexually free, you can't be controlled. And um, that also means that not only do you have a tremendous amount of power, you have a tremendous amount of responsibility. <laughs> and um, so part of what I work with with clients um, is basically seeing where they where a person is present basically and it's the it's the level of uh places that i look i look in the body in the nervous system in their posture um i move with them the way that they move and even the areas that their breath goes penetrates their body and doesn't penetrate their body all gives me information because the the body literally creates the form and the mobility and the strength of the body literally animates the areas of the body where energy is present and moving and conscious. And it directly relates to how that person um, can move energy through their emotions and their belief patterns that correspond to various parts of the body. So it's like looking into the blueprint of where this person is present. That's, and what by present you mean like just consciously present at any given moment. Yeah, where they're, yeah. exactly, where they're consciously present and they're available to what's happening now. Right, okay, that's so good. So, okay, so you look at all this stuff and then what happens? So you look at somebody, you, you have them move, you look to see where they're present and then what do you do? Like what would you do in say, I hate to say typical session because how could there be any such thing, but... <laughs> Great. Well, it seems like you have a blank canvas. You know, somebody walks in and they're like, "Oh," and now they're the subject of, you know, of your uh, study, of your, you know, evaluation and looking at them. And then what happens? Somebody comes in and they're, you know, they have a stiff back. They have their neck is tight. They're a little bit hunched. Um, they're they they waddle when they walk. You know, what What do you do with them? <laughs> <laughs> One of those. <laughs> no. Um, well, see, I'm not there to study them. Um, I bring my awareness to their system, and then I don't have to tell them anything. Um, my system starts to have a conversation with their system. And when I say system, a lot of times it's nonverbal. And it's not touch oriented. It's, it's, um, it's actually through movement and through energy. And basically, if, if you've never heard anything like what I'm saying, that may not make any sense. So what I'm going to say is kind of, uh, I'm going to simplify this. this Think about. Wait, this um, is really good because a lot of people will listen to this and they're stuck in their head. So right. they couldn't imagine like walking into a they're session like, with someone like you. Yeah. Like, you know. Right, right. So, um, so basically, you know, think about like certain gestures that you do in your life, like the way you brush your hair behind your ear or a certain way that you laugh. Um, and these are things that you 
probably picked up from people that you loved and probably from your parents. And there, there's ways that these are things that you never, ever sat down and talked about, but your body just learned. Right. And this is happening all the time, and I call it transmission. Like, I can tell sometimes after I hang out with a friend for a while, my laugh will start to shift, and it'll sound a little bit more like them and their right. laugh. Have you ever experienced that? So that's a form of transmission. Transmission. I do, listen, I'm going to tell you my word. I'm going to tell you my craziest one. Yeah, when yeah. I hang, when I hang around with Texans, <laughs> I come away with that from them, and I say, I'm fixing to cook dinner. Right, but right. There's a, that Texas has this I'm fixing to expression. Yeah, it comes into you. Yeah, exactly. Nobody so, else says that except Texans, but I say it when I'm around them. Right, right. So it happens on a verbal level, which you're talking about. It also happens on a physical level. Like laughter, nobody ever, well, at least in my experience, no one ever sat down and said, Zahava, this is how you're going to laugh. When you think something is funny, you're going to flap your diaphragm, you're going to breathe, and you're going to, you know, and whatever is going to, nobody breaks that down. That is something that just gets transmitted and my body has learned laughter and it sounds different at different times. And it kind of, in a like woo woo language channels different laughter that I've heard. And I can feel like, Whoa, my best friend Madi was in there in that laugh. Oh, I felt that. Or, Oh, I just felt that expression on my face right now. Oh, I, I've, I can feel that I've seen this expression on mom's face. And this is the level at which I work. This is a transmission level. By the way, transmission gets amplified when sexual energy is present. So um, that's why that explains why couples start to look like each other. Oh yeah, oh yeah, start to look like even like best friends for decades. They'll start to like share mannerisms and tones of voice and and um you know intonations and how they describe things and like you you'll even see sometimes. Um, the bodies of, of a couple start to look similar because their energy patterns start running in a similar way. Um, you'll see that connection between dogs and their human companions. You'll see, you know, the, always this, um, this transmission happening. And so what I do is I bring consciousness to it. It's always happening. I just start paying attention to it. So I, don't really, you know, take on like fixing anyone when they come to work with me. Um, we play together. We play together and I start playing in areas that respond to what's happening in their system. And none of this do we necessarily talk about. Sometimes you have to explain things enough for their mind to calm down so they can drop back into their body. Right. Um, but basically, you know, our bodies have this whole conversation and um, a format that I use uh, very often is I will ask someone to follow my body and then to switch and I'll follow their body. It's a very simple format. When I so do that, yeah. It's kind of like a mirroring. They follow you, you follow them. They follow you, you follow them. And you're transmitting. Exactly. Exactly. And during the transmission... Let's say, for example, this person looks like they have a lot of tension around their mouth 
and their throat. And I, when I look into their eyes, I can see that there is communication that is still stuck down in their throat. That's very important. Let's say I'm perceiving that. When I start moving with that person, I'm going to move. I'm going to put a lot of my awareness into my throat. And I'm going to, when I say follow, we, we follow breath. We follow sound. We follow whatever is happening. Um, I stay in the nonverbal body because um, different communication happens in that level. Um, but then I start to play and I give them full permission to go into certain ranges of, of expression simply by following me. Great. I see what you're saying. I, so you set an example. If you want them to let go and be really giddy or yeah. express laughter or whatever, you go to that place in yourself and, and you get so silly that they can get so silly. Yeah, exactly. Because, uh, that just naturally happens between our bodies versus me saying, hey, I think we're going to work on your throat chakra now. Try this exercise and me just <laughs> witnessing it. Right? And like, sometimes I'll do that, but this is a whole other level of just like, you know, we – of trusting how much gets communicated between our bodies and our systems. And then the unexpected happens and we turn it around. Their body starts to unveil something totally new and I get to go for a ride and it's wonderful it's wonderful when, I I yeah. I um you know I I love what you're saying and I I understand it it's it's we're such talking heads people are such talking heads and you're in New York so being in New York <laughs> and having people like who can who can process information in their mind, like probably quicker than anyone else on the planet in certain ways, because there's so much coming at them in, in every given second. It's it seems critical that one would have to that that, that to get through uh, to the visceral level and the embodiment, the cells. You need to do this nonverbal this nonverbal modality, like what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's really powerful and. I do frame it with conversations and, um, you know, we work on the level of the belief system as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I get very clear about that person's intention before they work with me. So there is a, a strategic verbal component, but the actual transformation happens in the body. Now, do you, do you work with couples? Can you work with couples? I mean, this seems like this would be a really great modality for couples. You know, I, I've i been so tickled um, because last night, well, I'll just, I'll just put this out. Um, I've been putting a lot of energy into opening myself to find a life partner. And the funny thing is that last night, two different couples came to me and were like, Zahaba, will you work with us? And... I like looked at the universe and I was like, this is not exactly what I had in mind. <laughs> and now you're asking me this. And you know what? I actually, I'm really good at working with couples and I love it. And I was honored. I had this, this, um, couple actually travel, um, from Turkey around the world who had never met me before. And just like, we had this banging week and they had totally transformation, but, my goal right now is not so much to work with couples. 
as much as to um, do a lot of group uh, performance sure. and and working in, in groups. And I like working one-on-one with people when I'm also involved in a group process with them. And well, that's- we're gonna, we'll find out. We're going to come yeah. back again. We'll, we'll cool. come back after this break and we'll find out more about how you work with groups and also what you, some of the things you do in, in, in the performance modality. Yes. So we'll, when we come back, we'll talk about that. If you just tuned in, I am speaking with Zahava Gris, who is from www.lovemakingdances.com. And Zahava is a trained dancer in many different types of dance and she's also studied Tantra. And she's an interesting, really interesting and different type of consultant. She really has people move. So we're going to come back. We'll talk more with her about how she works with groups and what you might also be able to get from from listening to this. So please stay tuned. This is Laurie Handlers. You're listening to Tantra Cafe. Have you ever wanted something really different from a plain old Swedish massage? If you want an extraordinary private bodywork session, call Krishna Naidu. Krishna definitely has the touch. He offers yoga fusion therapy, embodiment therapy, individual tantra sessions, and even private yoga classes. I hope this intrigues you. His work is subtle yet tremendously effective, and I know his clients keep coming back for more because I'm one of them. For more information about the sessions and to find a session near you, call Krishna Naidu at 857-891-8090. That's 857-891-8090. Call Krishna and I do today. Sessions are regularly available in New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., Phoenix, and Scottsdale. I, Laurie Handlers, the host of this show, personally invite you to come with me on a tantric tour of the heart of India on November 21st to December 3rd, 2010. You'll see the Taj Mahal, of course, and visit the fabulous Fadipur Sikri, home of the great Mughal king Akbar. You'll experience the sacred lake in Pushkar, and then you'll tour the pink city of Jaipur. Then at dawn from a boat on the Ganges in Varanasi, you'll see exquisite Hindu prayer rituals. Then you'll tour Sarnath, where the Buddha gave his first speech after attaining enlightenment. And finally, you'll get to explore the exotic Kama Sutra temples in Kajiraho. All throughout the tour, you'll learn tantric techniques and principles, and I promise you'll feel a tremendous sense of well-being as we delve into these simple yet potent tantric tools. Please note, no previous experience of tantra or yoga is necessary to come on this tour with me. I invite you to join me in this unique experience touring the incredible, incredible country of India. I must warn you, this is not your typical tour, and you are not the typical tourist. For more information about this exciting tantric tour of the heart of India, contact Lori at ButterflyWorkshops.com or write to her at info at ButterflyWorkshops.com. Well, we're back with Tantra Cafe. This is Lori Handlers, and this program is a program for spiritual enlightenment. And I want to remind you that you can check out my recommended list on webtalkradio.net. You will find things such as Polyamory for the 21st Century by Deborah Annapole. You'll find Flirting with Heart by Robin Vogel. You'll find Tantra for Awakening with Crystal Dawn Morris. 
you'll find out information about the International School of Temple Arts. If you're a sex educator or if you're somebody who's a Tantra practitioner, you'll find out way more about that. Also, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things on that is hormonenurse.com where you can find out more about your hormones and what you might need to do to balance your life. Today I'm talking with Zahava Chris and we are talking about movement and and the modality, like how she works with people and how she gets people from the place in power, from the place of being powerless to the place of being powerful. So we, when we broke, we were just talking about how you like to work with groups. I'd like to hear more about that. Of course, I want to come back to racism at some point in the show because that yeah. was a, that was a main thing of mine for so so long and still is. Mm. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. So working with groups. Um, you said it was your favorite thing. Yeah, it it totally is, and and I'm just thinking about. Uh, the best way to describe how I work, it depends on the purpose of the group. Um, I do a lot of women's circles. The last uh, four or five years, I've done a lot of women's circles. And um, the way that he, that I set an intention for the group and how I um, put it out there in the world naturally will attract the people that need to come together for that group. So, for example, on Friday, I'm, I'm doing a whole group on re-educating the body and mind to honor the soul free from racism, and um, which we can get into when we talk about race. But when I do, yeah. like, a women's group, um, you know, I do a lot, basically people who are women who are ready to step into their power in their sexuality and their spirituality in a way that's integrated with their entire their entire being and all of their relationships. And um, so what happens is we come together and the first 40, 50 minutes, all we do is get in our nervous system, get just arrive, arrive, arrive. And a lot of it is through breath, through rhythm and through the spine. And that's the core, like the breath is that main intersection between what's conscious and unconscious. Right. So it's a really powerful um, entry point to start to create communication between the different energy systems in the room. And a lot of what I do is hold the container um, for the room so that people... I hold the container in a very whole way so people can start to feel areas where they're not as whole. So if we're doing like an erotic uh, sound track with our voices and I'm just in there in a, in a full space, um, it invites people to join, to join in with their free expression in that way. Um, it's not so much like I really kind of follow the information in the group. So we do a lot with the, with the breath, the spine, the rhythm. We get really present. Then there's a, um, a component of usually focusing on an area of the body that we want to build more energy and presence in 
because when we're not really present in an area of the body, often I do a lot of work in the pelvis and around the heart and the breasts or the throat, when we're not really fully present there, it allows the energy of other people to unconsciously remain in those parts of our body and those parts of our consciousness. So I just want to stop you for a second here because yeah. a lot a lot of what you're saying, I can follow a lot of what you're saying. I can actually picture it in my mind. But for a neophyte, somebody who's never heard anything like this before, yeah. when you say that you hold space, it's 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 a little jargony. You know, okay. like Thank what you. Do, what do you mean you hold space? <laughs> what, <laughs> you know, what how can you do that? <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for um slowing me down with that yeah so what you're doing for me right now yeah is holding space um it's what i what it means is i am completely seeing who the person is in a space that doesn't have the same cultural inhibitions and i'm completely present and accepting of it so okay. any, any restrictions or inhibitions are coming from the person rather than from me. I, I, okay, I get that. So it's like I'm holding the radio show space, and inside of that space, I'm, I'm creating it safe for you to express and say anything you want to say along the lines of what we're talking about. Right. And... You, we, we're being creative together because we, I mean, we haven't rehearsed any of this. None of this. Right. I, I never rehearsed anything for my show. <laughs> so we're just going with the flow of it. And, and, and as we do that, we're creating and you're getting freer and freer in terms of, of being uh, at one with me in this, in this, in this particular space. Is that, how's that? Yeah, exactly. Like, when two people or more start to share their attention around what's happening in one person, then it actually enhances what's happening in that person. It's great. So, so great. Like the fact that there are many people listening to what you and I are saying, we get charged up by that. And there's an extra energy than if you and I were just hanging out without having all these listeners. The same thing happens in a group. A group is one of the most sacred, incredible... It A group is meant to transform. <laughs> and it's an honor for me to work with a group because what happens is as soon as one person becomes the focal point of a lot of loving, supportive attention with a bunch of bodies who are really breathing and feeling, that person... Whatever needs to come up is is already charged and energized, and and takes very little guidance to start to transform. That's a, this is a, such a good point. Now, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of behavioral evidence. Just you know, in case anybody's listening to us and going, "What in the hell are they talking about?" Um, there's a lot of sociological and behavioral psychological evidence that proves exactly what you're talking about. And I think there's even, like I've used this before, there's a, there's a term that they've called risky shift. And that risky shift stands for 
uh, one person may not may be the resident expert, maybe the person that knows more than anyone else in the group, mm -hmm. but because of the group energy, everyone will go further in a group towards whatever the intention or the goal is. They may not go as far as the expert, the person who knows more than them, the one person in the group who might know, know more than them, but all together they'll go further and risk more in a particular direction because of the group energy. Yeah, exactly. And when you have a space where people are valued for being honest and vulnerable and strong and responsible, it amplifies those qualities in all of us. So this, so it sounds terrific. It sounds like being in a group with you is a really smart and wonderful thing to do. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of fun, and we don't know where it always goes. And that's where, um, you know, setting setting the purpose. Like, for example, one of the groups that I am preparing for the next year is, um, for 2011, is um, um, spirituality in the performing arts. Basically, um, sexuality and spirituality in the performing arts. So it's like, how do you make porn that moves your entire being, including your soul? And the more we can make things that engage us on that level that are like juicy for all of us, then we're not going to keep watching things that only are juicy for parts of us. So that's... And also, and yeah. sometimes involve degradation and things that really aren't so good for any of us unless... We're so evolved that that doesn't bother us. I mean, there's just so much right. stuff going on in porn. So that's so that is so that's fascinating. It's fascinating what you're talking about, and it's new. I mean, I feel that no, I know a lot of there's a lot of new concepts in porn these days, and there's lots of women making porn for themselves, so that it doesn't look like it did, and always has for histories and centuries. But what you're talking about is transformational yes so it's uh wonderful we're gonna we gotta stop again for a moment here but when we come back we're gonna we are gonna pick back up with um a little bit more about the performance group stuff and then i'm you know some more stuff about racism i don't know we're kind of all over the place but i but we're definitely it doesn't matter because it's it's very well integrated i mean it's all about what we're talking about empowering people through movement, through breath, through sound, through moving their bodies. And that is Tantra. So uh, so it's, it's thrilling. It's really thrilling. If you just tuned in, please stay tuned. You're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host, and my guest today is Zahava Gris. And we're, we'll be right back talking more about how Zahava's whole notion of Tantra and movement can really heal the world. Would you like to try a natural product that would enhance your orgasms? My guest today is Shana Venice, the founder of New Zealand Pure, a company that makes unique products for sexual wellness. Shana, what is it that people can use to enhance their orgasms? Everybody's trying to do that. Absolutely. Well, there are different factors that, uh, you know, 
come into play why we don't have explosive orgasms. One is, you know, our vaginal secretions aren't flowing like they used to. Perhaps you're a little dry, perhaps you're a little irritated. Well, the great thing about silk, which is made from kiwi vine extract, is that it helps to balance your own pH and increase your vaginal secretions. The result is explosive, satisfying, wonderful orgasms and joyful sex. Wow, Shana, thanks so much for that description. Wonderful. If you'd like to find out more about Silk, go to SilkUSA.com. That's S Y. L-K-U-S-A dot com. You can find out more about Silk from me as well. Write to Laurie at TantraCafe.com. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques. Now you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. In my CD, Shamanic Release in Latihan, I create a very, very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try this CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at butterflyworkshops.com for only $20. I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to butterflyworkshops.com and get your copy now and walk free from emotional baggage. Now we're back with Tantra Cafe and it's my pleasure to be here today. Laurie Handler is your host. The last segment was brought to you by Silk, S-Y-L-K, a natural personal lubricant which is made from kiwi vines and alters your pH from the inside out. If you'd like to know more about silk, go to butterflyworkshops.com forward slash silk, S-Y-L-K. Well, I'm here with Zahava Gris, and we are talking about her love of working with groups and how she works with them, and, and it's it's really transformation. And then we touched on porno, which... You know, that was a, that was a little surprise. that was surprising to me. So here we go. <laughs> Yay. Well, so have have you made have you created any 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 yet? I mean, have you created anything that people could actually see on YouTube? Um, I have created I have created um, some pieces are excerpt on YouTube, but what I do actually is I play the films within group sessions as a catalyst for people to change and shift and then respond back through their bodies. So, um, you know, where we, where we disclose these arts is as important as what's in them because those that, you know, that's part of the choice of what consciousness we're linking into. Um, so I am, I have some discretion in terms of where I place things. Um, and I would love to, um, I'm always looking for people who are ready to witness from a whole place. Um, so, you know, some, some of my things are on, on 
Facebook and I, I do have a YouTube channel, which is um, Zahava Love Making Dances is my YouTube channel. Um, one piece that I made that was really powerful for me two years ago, basically interspliced different masturbation, self-pleasuring scenes with me telling the story of a man saying he was going to rape me and how I responded to him. And it just kind of put the whole thing together. It was like, well, here I am in my power and um, I am going to hold you accountable without bashing you. And that's empowering to both of us. And it's now also, that actually happened or that was how you were replaying it? Um, it was a combination. The, the scenario actually happened on Mother's Day, actually. And um, he said I would rape that one. Um, and I turned around and I did respond in the, in the moment. Um, but I ended up elaborating on what I would continue saying as if I were the divine feminine speaking to this man, which really didn't come to me all in that moment, but I did respond to him and I said, you know, you better watch yourself. And, um, he was so surprised that I spoke back to him. Um, but I knew that there was more for me to harvest from that experience, and it did become an erotic film. Wow. That Now, see, there's an example of transforming and reprogramming, uh, reframing something that could be so traumatic, and yet you reframe it into something that becomes art. Yeah. And, and actually, transforms you, actually, in, you know. Right. And also is um, allows him to restore some integrity because it's like, hey, that's a human being that I'm talking to. <laughs> you know, like, right. I don't need, um, you know, I'm like, OK, I'm going to be here in my wholeness. So uh, come join me and be whole, too, please. <laughs> that we'd both be better off that way. Um, you know, so. I mean, one of the one of the lines that ends up coming out of that piece is, well, let's say you did do that. You know, how would you how would you forgive yourself? What would that process look like for you? Like just being really real about it and coming oh. from a place of love. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we don't you know, we we don't have too much time left. I, I want to talk a little bit about more about this whole the, the aspect of racism and, uh, and for me in my life, I mean, most of my uh, younger, uh, from the time I was probably like, when I was in college, my first job was a, was a John Lindsay Give a Damn program in New York. It was uh, bringing different groups of people together, teenagers. And then I lived in D.C. and I wrote grants for, the, for every group that wanted to get uh, seed money for their programs, for anti-drug programs in D.C., all kinds of things. I've always been really an activist in that particular way. Please bring your slant to this. How is it? How can we? I know you have a dance company that has yeah. to do with, that you've I, dedicated to ending racism. Yeah, and um, wow, there's so much to say. I have um, I have two dance companies, Um I have a shamanic dance company, which is Love Making Dances, and then I have the dance company you're referring to, which is White Folk Soul by Any Dance Necessary. And we are actually um, presenting this Friday um, 
some work that that uh that I've been evolving for many years. Basically, we're looking at the relationship between the body and the mind and how it parallels the relationship between the slave and the master. And brilliant. In, brilliant. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I mean, there's a lot of layers to this, so I'll be really concise and I know that I won't be able to share everything. Um, you know, when you look at who in our society is honored for their mind, they tend to be white men. When you look at who in our society is honored for their body, they tend to be women and children of color. And this gets the, the hierarchy that exists between the races and the sexes gets internalized into us feeling like our mind needs to have the final say. And what we do in the workshop is we literally ask people to follow how we are moving, just like I explained to you in my sessions and my group work. We ask them to follow our bodies as we say pieces of, there are these nine statements we say. I shared two of them with you just now. So we're literally having them move and then interspersing that with close your eyes and move how you feel. And you know what? You can't do that unless you know how you feel. So we go back and forth between our nervous system and their nervous system. And um, then we start to look at, you know, often our we appreciate our body or we notice our body. Our mind notices our body to the extent that it fails us. Like, oh, my knee is bothering me. Well, did you notice that the other one's not? You know, so and that's also parallel to the master-slave relationship. It's like you notice when things aren't going better and you want more from them. So we we start to reverse that by really bringing a lot of awareness to like what part of your body feels the most peaceful, the most loving right now? Well, what's it like to breathe into that part of your body right now? And uh-huh. another part of this is that our bodies are our access point to a lot of information from our ancestors and our intuition. It's not um, you know, being in the body literally affects the quality of of health and longevity, but also our capacity, our human capacity is just so beyond the mind. It includes the mind. That's a very small part of our intelligence. And when you look at... Um, when you look at, for example, the film, the documentary that came out a few years ago called Rise, where there was this whole community out in California that was doing crumping, and they had no idea that they were channeling the exact same movements of their African ancestors from generations before until this documentary was made and literally interspersed shots of the current and the ancient movements. These are in our nervous system. They're in our blood, and they're the memory of our psychosomatic selves. And even though their minds thought they were making it from scratch, um, someone else fortunately was able to, to bring in on a mental level, the awareness that they were channeling things. This is always happening. So a lot of times white people don't feel really like, why should I think about being white? I don't really want to, you know, this isn't a big deal for me, which is one of the privileges of being white. But, you know, I, I say, okay, well, let's dance. Let's move. And when I start dancing, you know, some of the ways that I danced when I was with a St. Lucian dance company, Tanya Isaac or Urban Bushwomen or Catherine Dunham or all these amazing Onisawa in Ghana, like these amazing, uh, 
cultures that raised my body. <laughs> and we, I just, I ha we have to go to, yeah. we really have to go to the, to okay. the yeah, to the point of this because okay. that would be, so yeah. when I start bringing those movements in, that person suddenly feels awkward and they're like, Oh, I feel so white. And it was like, up until that point, they didn't have access to the awkwardness of their relationship to race. Beautiful. It's beautiful, just like that. It's completely. It's like bam, right, right there. Well, this is a, this is most intriguing. It's uh, it's actually for me. It's very, you're very inspiring. Uh, more so even now than before, which there which was. So I really want to thank you, Zahava Gris, for being my guest today. If you'd like to find out more about her, go to lovemakingdances.com and find out about her performances, her groups, and her one-on-one. -on -one. If you're in New York or perhaps she Skypes, you, you will need to go to her website to contact her. Thanks for being my guest today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, this is uh, wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Please <laughs> tune in to Tantra Cafe next week where you will find out about you'll find out more about sex education and more for yourself for your personal body and if you're looking for the best thing for this holiday season go to tanga fine lingerie t a n g a finelingerie.com please go there and see things you've never seen before this is Laurie Handler saying namaste from Tantra Cafe we'll see you next time